And now, it's time for the Dad Bod Rap Pod with your hosts, Damone Carter, David Ma, and Nate LeBlanc. Dad Bod Rap Pod, episode 173. My name is Damone Carter, a.k.a. Dim1. I am in here with my bros, the Migos of podcasting, <laughs> Mr. Nate LeBlanc. Are you the Quavo of the group? I don't know. I tend to think so. Them, what each of them do, really. Isn't Quavo the one who dated uh, Sawiti? Yes. Uh, no, then I'm not. No? no. <laughs> More of a Cardi guy, I see. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> What is it? Offsides, offsides, Off, and a uh... takeoff, and uh, and Quavo. Uh, okay. I remember when they were not that big yet. When they played those drug dealers out in the woods in an RV in Atlanta first season of Atlanta. Yes, that was the first time I kind of really took notice of them. Like I was like, Oh, really? Okay, I, I I'm getting. Oh, Bad and Bougie was already a is. thing, Nate. Was was like Bad and Bougie out yet though? No. Yeah, it was. It was, was like, it? oh, the Migos are on Atlanta tonight. Oh. It was it was like that. No? You weren't know. Bad and Bougie yet? <laughs> I am now though, don't worry. Okay, no. no. <laughs> Mostly That's just bougie. <laughs> <laughs> good and bougie. Yes, good and bougie. <laughs> Nate very LeBlanc. relevant current jokes. Yes. Uh and the takeoff of, of our group is uh is David Ma. How's it going, man? Yo, good to be here with you guys, man. Um, beautiful day in the Bay. Yeah. Um, yeah, never a bad time to kind of chop it up. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're back. This is episode 173. I think Nate's birthday passed recently. Uh, no? November? No, you're in October like me. November. 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 Right? Yeah. Yes, November. Don't ever mention it. No, I'm just you're, you're a fake Scorpio. <laughs> That's right. Um, I'm a real Scorpio. You're on the cusp. I know, but your your attitudes and actions do not reflect, or maybe you're hiding stuff. I don't know. Um, so so yeah, we we're we're coming up in the fall. Dave, just give us the month. I know you don't want fans sending you panties and stuff. But <laughs> what, just give us the month. February. February. Okay. So you could you could with so, some poetic license say Dave's birthday just passed. In in some in some ways, and we totally missed it, and he and he secretly hates us. Um, so Busy week for me, Dave and my wife have their birthday in the same week. Always been using always that for packed. years. And Valentine's Day. <laughs> it's and on Valentine's, Valentine's Day. Day. It's it's, it's right a around. couple days after. Yeah. Oh, and, uh, okay. So it's always uh, very uh, not fun. <laughs> yeah, my, my wife's birthday is close enough to Valentine's Day that it kind of culminates a week. Oh, really? Okay, I see. I see. Wow. Weekly week-long celebration culminations huh? exactly are, if you brutal. guys could see david ma's face right now <laughs> you, would, you would understand what disgust means um, you, know, you know how people are it's like oh it's my birthday we're gonna have like three different brunches what the <laughs> fuck <laughs> anyways anyways or there's Sorry. people like us who are like oh was it your birthday no <laughs> it, like no you're a grown person it was um well, the reason I ask is because I guess it's a new hip hop trend that um, somebody buys you a Bentley for your birthday, um, as Jay Z and Meek Mill did for Robert Kraft. I have to think Meek Mill kind of just said like, "Put my name on the card too." 
<laughs> you feel like they didn't go half seas on, on the Bentley? Does he have Bentley like Bentley for another person money? So here's so That's here's a my, lot of money. Here's my thing. Robert Kraft, who is the, the owner of the fucking New England Patriots and generally dumb rich white guy. Um, Bob. Like why do you buy him a Bentley? Like what is what does that mean? Like, what is that? What would be the equivalent gift? that we could get each other that would be like two rich guys buying each other a Bentley? Given our economic strata or right. what do you mean? <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I'm trying to think of, yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. What are we talking about here? Yeah. yeah. An original skull snaps. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. That would be, that would be heavy, right. heavy currency among us. No, yeah. that's true. Uh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Like, a, um, I mean, we'll take Bentleys too. It's not, yeah. not Come on. Uh, I'm turning corn? that thing into 12 Hondas the next day. I don't give a fuck. Totally. <laughs> so the, totally. this is the headline that I saw right before we started recording today. It was like Meek Mill, Jay-Z, and some other person who I don't know who it is by Robert Kraft, the Bentley he's always wanted. And he and couldn't like, get? By yourself or your, your own? I know. Oh, I, don't I don't understand that in any way, here. shape, or form. He doesn't want anything like there's no that's such a weird uh expenditure um and 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 also to like have people talk about it if they like made a whole video about it like that's it's very it's very very strange but i ask you this is that more frivolous spending than uh little uzi vert putting a diamond in his forehead which is more which is more frivolous disgusting spending oh my god getting oh. a billionaire a bentley the diamond uh, oh did so no i think he financed it i think then that was I, th- the story. I think it's weirder to buy another grown man a car than it is to put your own forehead diamond in and i can't yeah. believe i just said that wow Nate. <laughs> I, I i'm going the car is the car yeah. is a better one because at least it's transportation at least okay you get somewhere yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. You, can, you can theoretically get to the massage parlor while you're there for the super bowl we <laughs> not laugh at my joke earlier and i took it personally oh man, uh, oh, man. That's, he totally got away weird. with that by the way like yeah. i'm not letting yeah. it go but no one else gives a shit and he didn't yeah. like i think the 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 massage parlor got busted for immigration stuff and he yeah. didn't get busted for bringing attention to it Nope. Right. Nope. Exactly. Exactly. That's America for you. Totally. I'm telling you. And, meanwhile, and then he gets a Bentley for his birthday. Meanwhile, he's giving um, Tom Brady hand jobs. Dude. Get out of here, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, let's just make this reason number like 562 why I don't watch football anymore. Oh totally. yeah. No. No. It's it's by far the grossest uh, of of the professional sports. But you know what? I will say this. I I soften my heart. The, the Warriors were eliminated from, from the NBA playoffs. They played in the fake playoffs uh, <laughs> and were eliminated. Um, and I was a little salty about that. I, Steph Curry's having such a great season. I wanted to see in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But I kind of got back into basketball this weekend. And it's like, it's super fun. Like Basketball's basket- fun as fuck, dude. Like, it, it's hard to contend with how fun and how action-packed basketball is. It's just like 30 seconds and I'm captivated. Totally. Uh, Something I really am enjoying about the current setup of the NBA is that no lead is safe. No, you could be be like 42 at halftime and in in the middle of the third, you're down 12. And then all of a sudden they take the lead. 
I have to say, just kind of riffing on the Steph thing, like obviously we all wanted to see him in the playoffs and kind of see what this – I don't think they were – they're obviously not a contender. The team is not no. that good. No. They're a little under, under-talented, but like to watch Dame's teammates on the Blazers piss that game away <laughs> – Oh, so dude. heartbreaking, dude. Oh, the miss no. dunk. And then McCollum, who's a very good player, stepping out of bounds right then. Just I know. I, I felt so bad for him. And I think they're going to blow it all up. They fired their coach and they're talking about either moving McCollum or Dame. I think they're, they're like, they're, that was as, that dude. was it for this. Yeah. Generation. Immediately the TNT fucking <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> just implode the Moda yeah. Center. Free so Dame Lillard, Dame. the best so rapper in the him, game. Dude. Send him back to Oakland. He's making fucking 40 foot um, bank shots, you know, like just ridiculous shit. Totally. It's like David Mott like shot (laughs) from the the pickup game. Uh, Yeah, man. That would Uh, be a screen by Nate LeBlanc. (laughs) You guys are the are the the Stephen Dre of of, uh, of podcasting. I am undersized and out of shape. That's right. David's angry. So it it works out. how how evil is Trey Young? I just got into this That's and I so really funny. like it because he's like evil. Well, he's he, like he's dastardly. Like a, it's like a heel. It's yeah, great. he did a heel turn. Yeah. He did a really good heel turn, honestly. <laughs> uh, totally. Lu- Lucia, my beloved wife, who I often talk about on the show, who calls the players' uniforms outfits, among many other basketball <laughs> affectations, could not stand to look at Trey Young. And uh, Mike, Mike, Eagle mentioned this when we had our uh, little chat about this on our crossover with call out culture. Yeah. Which is excellent, by the way. Each hair is distinct. (laughs) (laughs) Like you can see each string and they kind of fly around and it's a real weird place on the sides where the fade starts. Yeah. Very odd haircut for a It's It's jarring. Is it not? Does he not look (laughs) like he is somewhat on fire? Totally. (laughs) Totally. Totally. Like, but like a little bit. Um, <laughs> um, it's Ghost yeah. Writer. I think he's taken over for uh, for Matt Barnes. Used to be the my player who looked like a pimp named Rico. Yes. Um, and I think Trey Young has stepped in, in you know, uh, into that role since Matt Barnes has has left the NBA. But it's like all these amazing players like every team like the luca dude is amazing like (laughs) all these guys are amazing everyone's Um, amazing yeah yeah. it feels like it feels like a royal rumble it's like oh who's who's up next there's Kawhi leonard demolition yeah dude Kawhi the other day oh my god and i don't want to yeah this is devolving into like nba talk but Kawhi was fucking insane dude fucking insane the other day he's got everyone in the nba is amazing except for the other people in the warriors <laughs> I, know. I, know. I know. Yeah, not 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 necessarily the year for for our guys. Clay coming back next year. I'm really interested. Wiggins had a, had a great season. Um, Nate is not sold on the Wiggins movement. He, he picked it up at the end, dude. I, he I, played I like, like a guy who makes four million dollars a year, not thirty. He averaged almost twenty points a game. Hold on, hold on. Scoring hold on. is not that. Is not and, he, and he's a top he's a mean. he's a top he's a top uh defender i think he had a great season i think he'll play really well with clay thompson provided clay is some semblance of himself so wiseman's he, coming he's back harrison barnes when uh when he yes goes. he's harrison barnes he's a young harrison barnes with, before with harrison a nice got... little fadeaway though with a little turnaround fadeaway shot though yeah yeah i'm here for he's he's one of the best canadians how about that will you accept that nate 
Sure. <laughs> He's one of the. Uh, it's uh, Steve Nash, him and uh, who's the other Canadian? Drake um, is the other Canadian <laughs> basketball player. This I don't is think any of the Raptors podcast. are actually from Canada, right? Maybe Norm Powell. He has a Canadian name. He has a Canadian I like Norman, name. I like Norman Powell because he has a Canadian name. Yes. Um, but this, I've said this, this on the show before, but one time me and Dave were playing pickup at some different court, and we were having this very contentious game with these other dudes, and they got all mad because I scored, and they're like, you're going to let Steve Nash's dad score on you? <laughs> <laughs> one of the greatest was, moments of my life. That was the best. God that was the damn best. it. So, but I think we immediately – did an offensive charge and shut them up. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. all I remember. Exactly. Um, They've almost don't you... fought that night. I don't want anyone <laughs> to get the wrong idea about this podcast. I'll, this I will like let... De La Soul second album. <laughs> uh, and, and I think Nate is is the uh, is the Maceo of our group. Um, <laughs> the most likely to uh, eat a hamburger or punch someone. Um, that's yeah. As long as but as long as they didn't refer to you as you look like your dad, because I will run. <laughs> if that was the case, I would hunt them down right I feel like now. I also said this on the pod very recently, but I'm left-handed, but no one knows that, so I get one oh, free layup per pickup basketball. Okay, that's right. Okay, it's that's like right. it just like go go right then left. It's like you get one pass, and then once okay. they figure out I'm left-handed, it's a long. Night. Then it's a wrap. <laughs> <laughs> that's dope. Hook. Yeah. Um, to know that uh, if if you got to make Nate go right, you guys, and that and that's what we try to do on this program here, the Dad Bod Rap Pod. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's really no segue here except that uh, I listened to Pray for Haiti, um, ah. and it's fucking great. Is this Makami's like? Is this the Makami record that you would recommend to someone? We, we talk a lot about how good he is. Right. And I often find it difficult to be like, he's so good. Listen to any particular record. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. But right. to me, is this his record, Dave? Is this his record that um, is going to kind of be the introduction for folks who maybe haven't been following him as such? I think so. And I'm only I'm sort of projecting and I'm, and I'm speaking personally because like for me, I loved um, Haitian Body Odor. Yeah, and then with like with Mock, I mean, I, I like a few things in between. He like I'm never the hugest guy on him, um, but his highs are like the highest of highs. And I was just mm-hmm. talking to Sun Ra um, a little bit about this. And, yeah, I do think Pray for Haiti is um, so, sort of like the CD you give to your friend who's never heard Mock before. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And just the way the 26th le- letter starts off the album, I think it's just fantastic. Um, the imagery, like the whole, he raps about his past life. Since it's just, there's just so much going on, but he, I really think that this is probably the best introductory album. Um, it's kind of linear in, in the production too. It kind of just sounds like a Griselda album, but he's yeah. on it. So um, yeah, for me, this would be the album I would give somebody. I think Haitian Body Odor might be a little bit too, I don't know, grimy for some folks. It, uh, not to jump in, but like, it's also only on SoundCloud. Like you can't, right. you can't listen right. to it. Like a oh, I person can't listen to it. Like right, right, right. they're not going to do all that. You know what I mean? As a yeah. person who constantly tries to recommend rap music to people and they're, eh, it's just, SoundCloud, like, they're, yeah. they're not doing, I know like, you I have know. to have the app open. Like you can't click around. Like it's just, this is much more accessible. And I have to say huge, huge, huge win for West side gun to be the guy who's like one we're mending fences here. We're coming back together after 
Mock was a part of early Griselda, mm-hmm. and now he's kind of back in the fold to to make it a cohesive project that everybody yes. wants to listen to, and to kind of tie it into like the Pray for Paris thing, and just to like yeah. right, just to add right. several different layers of meaning and resonance um, through the curation, and to show up on some tracks and to like really like tastefully you know, though to spit, yeah, um, yeah. It's 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 such a good record. Um, I think it's definitely going to be up there when we're talking about our albums of the year it's 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 really re-listenable yeah totally which i found kind of surprising and i'm not sure exactly why that is um i think you know like you said earlier nate we we should give it up to west West side gun he is a great curator i think he's a great executive producer as well like you don't want his boom 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 booms all over the whole fucking thing but (laughs) but when he does it right like that's like he's the best you know so yeah are you digging it, Demone? Yeah, I I am digging it in a way that you know I'll be honest, I I haven't got into other mock projects. It's like the guy who you know he's got the fastest fastball, right? Like when he's doing his his thing, it's faster and more clever than anyone. But I don't know that I've I've necessarily really liked a batch of songs, yeah, as much as I I dig uh, Pray for Haiti and. You know, yes, West Side Gun's influence can't be understated in that uh, West Side Gun and Griselda have found a lane to be weird street backpack, but also like really successful. Um, and to kind of open that up for Mock and, and have him work from their playbook, um, I think just makes a really good record. In a record where Armin, in a year where Armin Hammer doesn't make a record, um, I think right. this is easily. Um, the best, the best rap album. Uh, I know you just... guys haven't listened to it yet, and we will talk about it on a future show. But like, uh, the, something that's interesting about Real Late, which is the Peter Rosenberg curated mm. uh, compilation album that I'm bumping pretty heavily at this time, is it kind of makes um, explicit the Wu Tang to Griselda New York grimy pipeline. Okay. <laughs> um, so it's it, it's pretty interesting to hear the the couple different generations of New York rap on that. But I to mm. take it back to mock because we don't have to like delve into this yet. But um, I think and you guys, I would love to hear what you think about this. I'm not making some like bold statement here. Do you think his multilingual flows are a turnoff for the average listener? Mm, probably. Mm. Because I think average listeners are very average. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> they're just like, what the fuck already? Like, yeah. it's so easy yeah. for non-rap listeners to be put off, you know? Okay. Uh, right. How I, is how I kind of take, you know, take, uh, is my viewpoint. And especially with Mock, I mean, he, I mean, we're fucking, we're, we're rap listeners, we're rap fans. Yeah. But Mock, like, he, he's an artist that you need to, he needs to catch you on his wavelength or you need to catch the wavelength. And mm-hmm. if you're not yep. really paying attention, and I've said this before, it kind of sounds like it sucks. It kind of sounds like it's like, yeah. what is it? I'm not yeah. feeling this quirkiness, you know? That's but, interesting. But if you're on the wavelength, then he's fucking brilliant. You know, yeah. and like I said, his highs are, are the highest. Um, I really liked his album with um, Mugs as well. But a lot of the yeah. other stuff, yeah. Hey. Yeah, up, up, up and down. But I, I feel like the multilingual um, approach... And even the skit where he he um, he's kind of giving himself a, a pat on the back for bringing uh, Haitian Creole into, you know, uh, the American consciousness, which is very interesting flex. But um, I think we are living in a time of when 
people want to hear something new and different to the ear. I think reggaeton has blown up so much because it's the cadences and stuff that you're familiar with, but it's, it's a whole different um, approach linguistically. Like Spanish right. goes together in a different way than English does when you're rapping. It's actually, right. it right. feels like it's even more patterned for rap than English. Mm-hmm. But I feel like um, rappers like uh, Crime Apple, who's incorporating you know, a good deal of Spanish and what he's doing. I think what Makami's doing is just another version to make flavorful language. I'm mm-hmm. kind of jealous in the sense that when Mock is rhyming, his options to get in and out of couplets are like multiplied because he has multiple languages and then you kind of don't know what he's saying. So I'm not saying it makes it easier for him, but it makes it just flyer. You're just like, what the totally, fuck? And totally. he weaves it in so seamlessly. And so if you're checking for rap, like if you are a rap, you know, rappy McRapperson kind of nerd person checking for pockets and wordplay and stuff, um, like you said, Dave, I don't, I don't think there's anybody better. Um, and I'm just glad he got uh, to get together on a project that showcased his talent. It's like when a dope player comes to a really good team. Right, right. Like when Damian Lillard comes to the Warriors this year. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, Damone, like I think, uh, you know, hip hop has always incorporated um, second languages, you know, Mellow yes. Man Ace with the little Spanish, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. Japanese rappers, uh, Shingo and Arata, yeah. you know. So it's like yeah. when they when they switch up a couple bars in, in another language, it, I've, I've always thought it was dope as long as it wasn't too too far for where i'm like okay i don't know what the fuck's going on anymore yeah yeah you, you know what i mean me. so yeah um i've always thought it was dope and that's how i feel with with makami so yeah he's he's definitely uh got his finger on the pulse of what uh, a modern rap record should sound like um and in, in its purest form and so this is it'll be interesting nerdy, but like i also think it's really important that like for his kind of like big project where the most people are going to listen to it he took the time to like educate people about the plight of haiti too right right like, right it's like he, he's not talking about bitches in exactly yeah, exactly yeah. exactly right. there's there's plenty of that around and i i think it's cool that like he uh he took the time to do that at, but though Dave kind of noted in our group chat they're at places in the record where it's skippable too like I don't I don't want to yeah. hear about the GDP on my fifth listen <laughs> you know what I mean like totally. I just what, hear some you're, you're more of a, a Sotheby's auction guy like, <laughs> <laughs> like after a while I'm like I don't want to hear the Sotheby's auction anymore yeah, totally. um yeah yeah that that's a great point and it's it I love a, a, a trailblazer for a person's community or country like I love a person who's like Damian Lillard. The, Damian Lillard. <laughs> Oakland is on his back. He's trapped in Portland. Uh, that was a trailblazer free, joke. Yes. Uh, oh, it is. Dang. Nate's too advanced for us. I know. Uh, so, yeah, we're, we're definitely fans of the project. It's going to be, uh, I think, a, a nerd bloodbath, a rap nerd bloodbath right. about album of the year at this point. It's um, only June, boys. Exactly. I think unless, you know, who let's let's ask this question. Who could come out and make a challenge to Haram and pray for Haiti? Who is it Kendrick? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> the great pumpkin of hip hop. Right, no. I know, right? <laughs> I was gonna say maybe like an like an Earl record. Okay, you know? we just we just got one that that was very interesting, the hidden Earl record. 
Right. We don't but, know if that's what that was, though. That's Nobody like, has claimed it. It's more of like yeah. a YouTube mixtape, though. You know okay. what I mean? Yeah, I'm yeah, saying yeah. like if there was a new Earl record, though. Like was, a record, yeah, like record. A real record, a record, record that they record, claimed record. they made. Well, <laughs> yeah. That they admitted to making. Yeah, uh, no, I think I think Earl and, and Alchemist, if, you know. I know. Yeah, Alchemist I, I love plus what they whoever. did. I've, I've listened to, I'm not trying to exaggerate, probably at least eight. Arm and Hammer interviews like I listened to we did not have them on our podcast to discuss Haram but every single other podcast had them and I've listened to pretty much all of them and in at at some point in each interview Woods says how they got introduced to Alchemist and it's through mm-hmm. Earl and he always says like you know Earl and Alk are like best friends like okay. they they like okay. they hang out like that like he's always at the studio like they're they're boys so You'd have to think, and it's not like there hasn't been bits and pieces. Like obviously, right, right, Earl is right. on the compilation thing, the ki- the ten minute album that came out earlier this year. Uh, he's produced some beats on some of Earl's other projects, but like a statement thing, like Dave is saying, like by those two at kind of the height of their powers would be would be nuts. A force yeah. to be reckoned with. Oh, sure. abs- absolutely. What we got with the uh, the track loose change on this thing of ours was like when Earl is is on. And, and focused about you know just oh, ripping yeah. rappers a new one like uh you know again it's like we're in this time like the nba because i like the connective tissue of the of the program <laughs> like damian lillard like damian lillard <laughs> uh there's just so many dope guys in the game right now there's so many guys who are like legit the best when earl is on he's kind of the best right yeah. and like just what we're saying with mock like it's 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 a wild time right now uh but that you're right i think Kendrick or or Earl could could potentially and those are both West Coast guys. Look at us, the homers. That's uh, right, man. And anybody anybody else? Dave, you're you're in the industry. You're an industry guy. Anybody how, else? Uh, anybody how, else? Anybody coming, else? Went? Coming up, is there some we should? Do you expect? know of any releases that are yeah on the horizon? Oh man, um, not not off top. Not off okay. top. Yeah. I haven't been promoted anything that like No, you treat. guys get all my promos, man. <laughs> <laughs> anything and you're holding out on us. I know. Uh, oh, and this we one Earl it. record. Uh, yeah. no. Yeah. yeah. Um not n- nothing. I'm like Kaiser Sozang. I'm like looking around the room for context clues. I'm like, uh Bob Dylan, <laughs> uh MF Doom. They're gonna collab. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it would be tough uh, to kind of top the heights of Haram or Pray for Haiti, no matter who you are. But we don't. The the great thing is we don't know. We don't know what's gonna happen I know, at all. I know. I, Absolutely. I, I, embarrassment of riches, man. Totally. And there's like you know I I don't know if you guys saw this. I think it was Punch from TDE uh, did a tweet the other day, and he's like are there any fans left? Like everyone wants to be an industry dude and talk about rollouts and numbers and tricks and playlists and stuff. And I'm like a little guilty of that myself, but I do think like there's, there's two schools of thought about that. One is Mm -hmm. like, there's never been a better time to do rollouts. Let's look at that 10 minute Alchemist record. You got a short set, you got Mm -hmm. a video, Mm -hmm. you got like a color palette. Yep. got a, a, mm-hmm. a lighter leash like we already did all these jokes and like for people who bought and enjoyed that stuff awesome if i see you rocking in a person i'm gonna give you the thumbs up i think it's cool too i just didn't happen to purchase any of it then there's like the no rollout just the mm-hmm. drop and that's fascinating yeah. too and if your mm-hmm. record is good mm-hmm. enough and you're an artist of the the proper stature you mm-hmm. can just come out of nowhere and just command 
the attention of, you know, not just Twitter, but like the music world for a period of time. And the thought was you had to be pretty big to do that. But I don't think that's really the case anymore. I think yeah, if I don't you're think good that's enough. True. Everyone will kind of come to it. And I'll use the sneaky album of the year contender, probably going to end up more in the like the 10s, 20s range, but a very good, good record. I've listened to a ton is Bruiser Wolf. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nobody for was sure. looking for that. And then it's totally. And like I mentioned this in the interview, all the music writer homies were like, you have to hear this. This is so fun. This mm-hmm. is what we needed. It was the breath of fresh air kind of vibe, mm-hmm. right? And totally. now it's been really rewarding to see normal people find that. Mm-hmm. It's like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, we all made that joke like five weeks ago, but like go off, you know? Totally, <laughs> yeah. totally. Well, it's it's nice to like to champion artists and this and sort of see a groundswell afterwards. So totally. I mean, if that makes you an industry guy, then fucking guilty. But also <laughs> I don't fucking care what somebody says about what I think about something rolling out, dude. Fuck out of here. Anyways. It's fun. It's, look, it's it's part of this is what I would compare it to because I, I feel like it's apt is just how you understand what what a player makes in the NBA and who's going yeah. where and what's happening. It's it's part of the intrigue. It's why the NBA is never off. Like, like even Lillard. in the offseason. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This actually, this episode is called Dame Lillard. 173, Dame Lillard and stuff. No, I'm just kidding. But, uh, dude, I, I remember being a little kid, being a huge Niners fan and getting out a manual typewriter and a piece of paper and saying what salaries I thought each player should make. It'd be like, Tom Rathman should make 6.2 and Joe Montana should make... 35 yeah. and, you know damn. like i was like playing fake gm like yeah. football bullshit i think that's part of the fun i yeah. think that's part of the fun of it dude it's it's like fucking rap trading cards it's part of the fun totally so like and, and let's, let's funny, we, we can't rap and we've been told very specifically not to uh recently <laughs> but um we can fake like fantasy executive produce right you know what i mean like yeah, it's kind of like yeah. how fantasy football is like you could be the gm because you can't be the quarterback right it's like yeah. we could like dream about who would be good on what project or whatever you know what i mean it's like it's accessible. yeah yeah Oh, yeah. totally. Wait, wait till you guys hear my Liquid Swords too. <laughs> <laughs> Solid sword. <laughs> Better than the first one. It's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> um, yeah, so sign up for our Rap Fantasy League um, at Patreon. Uh, okay, so, you know, we've, we've covered a range of topics from Dame Lillard to Dame Lillard to... Uh, <laughs> Dame Sweatshirt. From yeah. Oregon to Oakland. Yeah, and now we're gonna move to. to we're gonna move on to uh, Chicago, that that the Windy City, um, and talk to a a person who's generally a cool person. I got to uh, sit in on his rap workshop one time, and it was amazing. Uh, Def C, uh, who has a new record coming out with August Fanon, that's um, heard a little bit of it, and it's super dope. And he made some time to talk to us about that record and kind of his creative process and also the Chicago rap Mount Rushmore. It's a dope interview. So why don't you just listen to it right now? Dead bod rap pod.
Dad Bod Rap Pod, we are back. Every week we have conversations with people who are moving and shaping hip hop culture. This week is no different. Joining us in Zoom, we have Def C. What's happening? Yo, what's good, guys? I'm I'm very, very excited that this finally happened. Big fan of you of you all. Uh, you know, Dave and Damone, you definitely make the future as far as like my 30s and everything after that, make it look like it's gonna be okay. <laughs> you get to yeah. you know, get okay. up there, you know. Oh, me that's as a very young person showing you as peers <laughs> how you can continue to do this. <laughs> man, I was like, I'm like, oh, I'm, in, I'm the inspiration? Damn it. <laughs> I'm at the old table, what can I mean? That's yeah, that's oh, that's hilarious. Thanks, thanks for coming on, man. Uh, you've got a new record coming out soon. Mm-hmm. We dress the city with our names, produced by August Fanon. Um, heard it, heard a little bit of it, uh, and was really excited and, and enthused about this this project. The the track that I heard um, talks a lot, a lot about your past with uh, graffiti culture. Um, Mm -hmm. and I wanted to kind of ask you about, you know, looking back on your, your beginnings, um, as, as a a rapper, kind of how did those worlds interact? You know, you talk about it a lot on the track. I was just curious to know about kind of your, your rearing in the game and, and where graffiti and rap, uh, entered your life. Word. Um, I think. A, I was born in 1989, so I think anybody who listens to hip-hop at a certain point, you're going to interact with graffiti, whether it's in the background of a music video or anything, and I've been interested in rap music since I was two years old, and my god sisters brought home a cassette single of Jump by Crisscross, Cross, and, uh, you know, it, it was pretty much on from there. Um, and then I didn't start really knowing people who did it until I started attending writing workshops with other people who were into hip hop and all the people who are super hip hop heads kind of listening to the same music I was listening to were all graffiti writers and some of them Karan too. And so my first interaction was really like, you know, my homie Toaster, who I talk about in the hook that first joined, I've known him for over half my life and, you know, ill rapper, really dope poet, uh, was, I know, prominent, I think, in the Bay Area poetry scene for a couple of years before coming back to Chicago. But, uh, you know, he tagged my, he did tag my CD case. You know what I mean? Like, he did, like, you know, do a whole bunch of crazy hand styles on it. He always kind of had the postage stamps, like the the U.S. post office stamps. He would write on those, slap them on signs. And so I think just from there, uh, the other thing in terms of how I came to associate graffiti with hip hop is like so many of my favorite MCs, uh, especially from Chicago, were like former graffiti writers. Mm. So, you know, people like, you know, and Tomorrow Kings, shout out to them. Those are my big brothers. Um, But a lot of those dudes rap names come come from writing graffiti, you know, Sketch 185, Gilead 7. Um, Quell from Typical Cats. So I remember listening to Cliche by Quell for the first time. And then I would be trading bars with my friends who are into it too. And then they would be like, yo, have you heard the Manhattan Project? I was like, what? And then I listened to it. And it was like, 
as somebody who is really unfamiliar with graffiti terminology, it still was such a beautifully like composed and written song. And I think that's the other thing too, is so, like a reason why some of my favorite MCs are graffiti writers is because as a writer, I really value imagery in the music. Um, and I think, you know, if you're already kind of doing that in a different medium, it's nothing for those skills to then transfer over to this other thing that you're doing. So yeah, that's how they intertwine for me. Word, word. Thank you for that, man. Um, no are, you, are you still teaching? Uh, we just had our last class Friday. Mm -hmm. um, we have records day tomorrow, um, but it's pretty much just posting of grades. Okay, um, okay, dope. Yeah, school's out for the next few months. I read in an interview that uh, you had a conversation with Zilla Rocca, uh, Philly's cantankerous MC slash a friend of the program. Uh, and I guess the, the, the conversation was about yeah, work and yep. art balance, right? Work life and art balance. And I just wanted to like, you know, um, explore that a little bit more. Like, what was that conversation like? And, and has that advice sort of panned out? I mean, I, I know it's really hard to, to keep a balance. Mm hmm um, I would say as far as like the conversation is concerned, I was pretty much already kind of leaning toward like, nah, I'm done with rap. Like I'm done making music. I gotta, you know, like I'm with somebody who I want to spend the rest of my life with. Like I can't really afford to be out here, you know, gambling with house money. I got to find a job. I got to find something I want to do. And so I think part of coming to that decision was texting Zilla and saying like, you know, um, I'm thinking about just trying to get a full-time job and, you know, doing a rap thing on the side. And he told me straight up, he was like, you're looking at, if you really try to pursue this indie rap thing full-time, you're looking at like 19,000 a year before taxes. Like it's going to be an incredibly tough road. And I thought about it and I was like, damn, I, you know, I remember I'd been living on 20,000 a year before taxes sometime before that. And I was like, yeah, nah, I'm good. Like, I don't need to be eating like the mini M&M cookies with the, you know, for five days a week. Like, it's just not a good look. Um, so, you know, I think ever since then, it's kind of just shifting my mindset from numbers to like the level of engagement somebody will have with the music. Mm. So, you know, I could say like, you know, I have 250 downloads of this song. That doesn't necessarily indicate that those 250 people are fans of my music. Um, so the fact that I at a certain point just kind of had to pivot in terms of my mindset to, I'm just gonna look for five diehard fans every project. Cause I know mm. that they're gonna talk about the music. I know that they're gonna talk about the music and then, you know, each of them is gonna tell five people and each of them is gonna tell five people and just trying to let it grow organically like that because I don't have the war chest to like wage a PR war on the public, you know? <laughs> yeah. I, gotta, yeah. I gotta just be able to, and that's where the work-life balance comes in because it's like, I can't, you know, I have to, in addition to, and this is something I've, and I'll be candid, I've struggled with it to this day, but, really being able to manage like home and music and work and being able to find enough time to be able to 
being all be present in all of those spaces and the thing that I'm still kind of working on um, is trying to figure out how to be more efficient with my time so that I'm giving intention to what it is that I'm doing and I'm not shortchanging myself in any of those respects. Mm. Um, so like it's, it really has just meant, especially like with the year of remote learning and the pandemic, right? Like I've just been sitting behind a computer most of the year and it's, you know, it's not like I can walk around the room and monitor whether the kids are doing what I'm saying. I pretty much have to operate on faith. So I just mute my mic and, you know, maybe I, I catch a little four to eight bars and write them down and then make sure the kids are doing the work that they're supposed to be doing through Hapara and, <laughs> you know, things of that nature. So, I mean, it's, it really is just all about organizing time and being intentional with the time that you spend and, uh, or being intentional with the time that you spend. And I think it's kind of a lesson that I keep on learning. But let's talk about music. Um, okay. I would like to talk about um, your album, Lacuna. And um, I think it's the first time you caught my ear. And I was like, this, this dude can rap. And like, what, what, you're, what I, for me, your strength is as a writer. Your, your verses seem very composed to me. Like, I don't want to say labored over and I don't want to put any kind of like judgment on it. I actually want you to tell me, but it sounds like you don't stop until it's like a kind of interlocking and it sounds exactly like how you want it to sound. And that's, that's where I first kind of started to notice that kind of like um, craftsmanship in the lyrics. So mm-hmm. I, if that's true, let me know if it's not, I'm okay with that too. But please just kind of talk to us about that project. I mean, for, I appreciate it. To be honest, I thank you very much for listening as actively as, as you do. I think that's kind of been one of the cool things about the past few years is like people are, it feels like people are finally listening. And so like to be able to kind of, to do that, it, it means a lot. So I would say in terms of my writing process, I, I you know, what I've learned as I've gotten older is that I have no writing process. Like I just kind of <laughs> have to, you know, I, my my mentor in poetry always said, you know, most people go through the door. Uh, you know, if you imagine a poem as a house and that's the first line of like, it was a dark and stormy, whatever, right? But the the special poems are the ones that enter through the window. Mm. So that's kind of what I try to do when I'm, you know, sitting down and I'm writing something is I try to get that really interesting first line down drop people into the action and then um, build out from there. I really try my best to like do multiple drafts of rhymes, but you know, really uh, the, uh, the process in and of itself is difficult in that I wanna make sure that what I'm saying in the raps is something I would say in conversational language as well. Mm. Like I really feel like you know, a, a big reason why, and I, and I know we, we, we all probably at one time or another came up on rap that was really syllable heavy and, yeah. you know, super technical. And when it's your first time hearing that, you're amazed. And then as you get older, you start to hear some things and you're like, eh, <laughs> like, do, is he really going to eat nine racks of, you know, nine racks of swine fat? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, just, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so... You know, shout out to uh, <laughs> shout out to Madness, who's a, a battle rapper. I like. He came up with that. I didn't come up 
Yeah. Um, yeah. Very on brand for the name of our podcast. And yes, if I had to, I probably would. <laughs> word, word. But yeah, I mean, it was like, um, I, I would, I think the challenge for me was like, okay, I know how to do the technical stuff. That's fine. But if what I'm conveying is not something that people are going to be able to like hear, understand and appreciate, then like, I got to figure out another way to do this. And, mm. and so sometimes right before, you know, I'll sit down and right before I'm about to record, it'll, it'll be going through bar by bar and saying to myself, okay, cool. Like, is there a way for me to change this syllable to something that'll match the end of the line here without it compromising the integrity of the sentence or the phrase? And then there are just sometimes where, you know, I'll write, you know, X amount of bars. Uh, I'll have them in my bars in Google document, you know, and then I'll try to pluck them into different beats, see if something catches, see if it could spark, you know, some other kind of, idea or phrase or whatever and then go back later and just edit out all the trash so mm. it's you know I and that's what I learned really from my friends who are poets where they're running their you know seven eight drafts in before it's the the poem that hits the book you know so um I want to do that with my verses as well and I think what I try to do to speak back to Nate's point is uh they are labored over, but I want the people who are going to appreciate that labor to notice that. I don't mm. necessarily need, like I don't want it to sound labored to somebody who's like, oh, he's trying to do too much, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, thanks, for, thanks for sharing that part of your process. I had a, the, the pleasure to uh, sit in on one of your, your rap workshops um, and I was really impressed by the way that you had um, broken it down uh, for rappers of all ages, uh, the craft into these kind of bite-sized chunks. And um, I actually learned some things there. So dope to hear you talk about that. I'm going to put you on the spot though, because okay. that's what makes good podcasting. Let's go. Um, as a Chicago guy and as a, as a fan of rap that I know you are, yeah. um, give us your Chicago rapper Mount Rushmore. Ooh. Who are the four Ooh. Chicago rapper all time? <laughs> All right, so we gotta. I gotta clarify this. Before I, <laughs> I love it. I love it. This is great. Because look, there's the there's the the four who are on Mount Rushmore for me as a rapper, mm -hmm. and then there are the four that are on Mount Rushmore for the city because of their public profiles. Okay. So let's. So okay. real quick. Okay. If we're talking about the front facing, you know, yeah. profile, I would say. It has to be five. It can't be four. Okay. Because you have to have the brat on there because she's the first woman to ever go platinum and she's from the West side. You got to have Kanye on there, which yeah, yeah. You people to. who are listening did not see my facial expression, but <laughs> no. You have to have them on there though. I agree. <laughs> right. Uh, Lupe, Common, and Chance. I would say that those are like the five in terms of, especially as somebody who was able to kind of see what Chance's movement was. And, and I know people talk industry plant, all that. I can't speak to the resources he has outside of Chicago, but I saw that kids come up. And at the very least, his run 
through 10 day was all hustle. Mm. So he may have, he may have had people and in, in friends in high places who sure. at a certain point, you know, I think every artist we've seen it from section 80 to good kid, mad city, there's a difference, right. From yeah. Yeah. so far gone to thank me later. There's a difference. Even if you had that backing the whole way. And I think that moment may have happened with acid rap again. I don't know his business, so I, I couldn't tell you, but I can tell you because I was around for that year between 2010 and 2011, when 10 day came out that the buildup to that tape was all him and all like young people in Chicago saying to themselves, okay, here's a rapper that kind of looks that who's accessible. Cause mm -hmm. that's the other thing too. A lot of rappers in Chicago, they, blow up, they leave because there are no resources here. So, you know, the fact that he was from here, he was accessible at a time when it was pretty much an all online game. Um, he was like, you know, I mean, I'm sure Damone knows this because uh, he's had to deal with underground hip hop politics too, but there are those pay to play shows where they give you like a bulk of tickets. Yep. And they're like, all right, you're opening for Nas, but really it's in the coat room of the venue. And, <laughs> you know, you yeah. gotta you gotta buy that bulk of tickets and then try to make a profit. But they were taking that and and caking up off of it because in Chicago at the time it was all 21 plus or all ages. Mm. So if you couldn't get into the all ages show, what you could do is maybe get there early for the 21 plus joint before they started kicking everybody out. Mm. And so that's what they took advantage of. And they were going to different schools and they were ciphering and they were battling and they were doing it the way that people were doing it in the early nineties. Mm. So again, I can't really speak to everything after 10 day cause after that came out, he was gone. But you know, we were saying that he was gonna be a superstar a year before he came out. So I think you gotta put him in there too, just because it, well, him and Keith. I was about to say, I was about to say, you, you leave Keith off, the kids are going to come for you, bro. Because <laughs> there's, a, there's a difference in how people from Chicago rap. There's a pre-Keith and a post-Keith. Mm. And, and I'll tell you that the, the kids who are, there are definitely more kids than just Keith who were rhyming in that style at the time. Mm -hmm. I happen to know a good, a good chunk of them. None whose names I happen to remember, but just knowing that that style was there and it was prevalent, like that was something that was organic too. So, mm -hmm. and Keith put on for a side of the city that notoriously notoriously had kind of been shut out unless you were like a twister. Sure. So Dang, and um, that, that's so crazy. Your city is so deep that you did six and you still didn't, uh, <laughs> you still, and you can still do more. I mean, because Twister should be on there too, right? Oh, yeah. Well. yeah. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, nah. See, and that's the, and that's the thing too, is like, for me, a Chicago hip hop Mount Rushmore is like, you got to make sure every side of the city is represented. That's why okay. it's going to like, there's going to okay. be barely any mountain left. You know, you know what I mean? mean? So I, I want, I, I appreciate, I appreciate the political answer you gave there now. <laughs> Now, let's get the Dev C top four, four. Top In the Rushmore four. analogy, you got four. You got four Chicago rappers. All time? All time. Who are your four? Um, Sketch 185. No name. Twister. Um, ooh, it's always when you get to number four and number five. Uh... Hmm, I'll say Lupe. I'll okay. throw Lupe in there. Okay. Okay. 
you you heard it mixtape here first like okay Okay, word word well you know um i just want to bring things up to speed a little bit the new album we dress the city with our names um august fanon um reclusive producer that we're Mm. that we're all huge fans of but can you talk a little bit about your guys's working relationship how you guys linked up and when when did his work sort of enter your consciousness uh i'll answer those questions in reverse just because i the other answer you know might lead to something else but i mean i was familiar with the from hbo by my comments like you just listen to that and it was one of those moments where you know when you you hear a producer who's like really transcendent to the point where like you're looking at the credits like who's making all these beats right and that was the feeling i got from hbo because i think that there are a lot of people who are out like you know like owl and derringer and all them like their sound not to be dismissive but that sound was kind of coming back in vogue um but fanon's music like there are some producers you hear them and you know that they're inspired by the same stuff that inspired you from like the 90s and the 2000s but they're taking it somewhere else and that's what Fanon did like that HBO beat the the beat of the title track on there is incredible uh and you know to then go back and uh hear the gat and love hurts and um to hear the work he did with Arm and Hammer and Woods and Elusive like it's crazy. Man has so many flavors. And he and he knows how to he knows how to season everything in the exact right way. Um, so that's how I was familiar with them. And then uh I featured on Violets and Honey Remix with uh Iceberg Theory from and Paranom from uh, Iceberg's album, Shouts Out to Iceberg with Fanon, Dispatches from the Kali Yuga, which was a song that had been in the works for like three years. And and it had an entirely different verse for me. And then it looked like the song wasn't gonna come out. So I told Iceberg, I was like, look, if this ever comes out, uh, just know I'm gonna have to rewrite it because that verse is going on my album now. (laughs) And he was like, okay, cool. It is what it is. Um, and then probably at the beginning of the pandemic last year, it just hit me like, okay, you know, I got some free time. I'm kind of inspired right now. Let me see what I can do working with Fanon. Uh, we connected, he sent me the traditional Fanon beat pack, which is like, I think, uh, five folders of 20 beats each. (laughs) (laughs) That's all that's overwhelming from like a bad producer, but from a master of his craft, it was pretty much, you got to pick a direction and stick with it. Mm. Um, and so the beats that I picked from, from that initial batch of 20, and then we threw the, the last joint on there at the last minute because there was so much time that elapsed between when it was supposed to come out and when it is going to come out. Um, those five beats I picked were just the most beautiful. I was like, if I pick five, if I have to pick five, which I did, I'm gonna make sure these are like the five that I that this can work as a body of work that people are gonna to wanna to sit down and listen to that's gonna bring something else out of me. Um, and so that's exactly what happened. So shout out to Fanon, man. Also just like good human being, good dude, 
very, very gifted. And uh, I have a feeling that in the next couple of years, people like Fanon, people like Messiah Music, people like Kenny Seagal, like we're, we're gonna have this and knows the time and Nick Arcade and Golden Beats and Sev Severe, we're gonna have this new vanguard of producers who's gonna come in and it's gonna feel like, I think when it did in the early nineties, when you had like Mugs was emerging and then Buckwild and Showbiz and Premier and Quick and, you know, so I think that that's something um, that's gonna be really exciting to watch. And I'm happy I was able to work with somebody who I think will be at the forefront of that movement. That's dope, man. So, uh, if you if you're like texting with them or DMing or I don't know how you guys communicate, just give him our respect. Um, we we are huge fans yeah. of his, and if he ever wants to talk, we would make we would make some time to talk to him. But I actually respect people who don't do interviews and don't do podcasts. Mystique is the last currency we have left in music, so it's good to keep your mystique. Um, yeah. I, I heard a rumor. Uh, maybe it's not a rumor. I think it has been addressed in other places, but I heard you have some shit coming out on Backwoods. Um, that's fucking amazing. Um, we're obviously big fans of the label, big fans of the label head. Um, think that's a very good look for you. Um, can you talk about how that came together and what the album's about and just kind of give, give the folks a preview? Cool. Uh, I don't want to let the, the title out yet. Um, but I'll talk about kind of the content of the album and um, talk about how I connected with Woods. So I've been a fan of Woods and I tell this story all the time, but it was, it's dope how it happened. It's dope that I know this man now. I was listening to, for Mad Men Only, but only by Cult Favorite, which is Elusive's group with AM Breakups, which I don't know if you guys have heard that album. Album's crazy. Y'all got to check that out. It's, uh, it's you only mentioned a uh, sketch 185 earlier. He has a song with AM breakups that like haunts me. It's so good. Like I just, I really need to delve in more into their work, his work, but that's for another time. Keep going. Yeah, sketch. I mean, the Tomorrow King's rabbit hole is one that it takes months to crawl back out of. Trust me. So uh, anyway, uh, like I was saying, uh, I heard the cult favorite from Mad Men Only album. I'm somebody who's big on culturally specific references. If you are able to string together two references that I recognized in a clever way, you are probably my new favorite rapper. Let's, I'm just going to throw that out there now. If it's too obscure, like I needed to have watched Twin Peaks season three, episode four, at precisely 21 minutes and 27 seconds, I'm good on that. Uh, but Woods in this verse said, um, Black, what was it? Black steel in the hour of layoffs, my dude. Don't get it confused like Eldridge Cleaver. Mm, mm. I was like, and then he references Soul on Ice in the next bar. But I remember just hearing that in the bar and I was like, all right, so we got the social commentary with the public enemy shout out and the Eldridge Cleaver name drop all in one bar. He's my favorite rapper. And so just like <laughs> from there, it was, you know, listening to Dower Candy as well. He was in my top five and, and he's one of those MCs who gave me permission to be like, okay, cool. I can do the narrative, vivid, descriptive stuff in my music as well. I can, you know, I can maybe reference iconography in unusual ways because people will recognize it, you know, because now I've seen from listening to Woods and following his career that if you just stick to your guns, you rap, you write well enough, people will come around to you. And as long as you're yourself as well, because Woods is like, I know, like Billy Woods is all mysterious and whatever, but the music is definitely a reflection of him. 
and he came through Chicago um, and he knew some of the people I knew in Tomorrow Kings from working with out in Common NASA and performing at Yule Prague in New York. And uh, I remember they hit me and they're like, yeah, what's is in town? We're going to kick you with them. And I was like, <gasps> you know, uh, <laughs> is his face pixelated in person? <laughs> uh, and, and I made, this is like the third time I've made that joke. It finally landed. Finally. <laughs> you're, you're, amongst, you're amongst your people here. I, I have made that joke as well. <laughs> oh, okay, cool, great. Awesome. All right. Uh, so now I'm biting on accident. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, so Meat Woods, fortunate enough to go chop it up with them. Very cool guy. About a year passes. Uh, he's coming through town on tour with Prem Rock and DJ Mo Nichols. And they're going to, so I think it was, he was touring today. I wrote nothing and Prem Rock was touring a joint with Fresh Kills. Um and they came through. I decided they or Prem had reached out and said, hey, uh, you know, could you find a show for us in Chicago? And uh, I had a, a place set up the show, decided to make it my first headlining show ever so that like it would bring people out just because the fellows were coming in from the, off the road. Did that, went off crazy. Um, Wild Woods was in Chicago. I chopped it up with them and said, hey, I've been working on this album with Messiah Music for about a year now. Um, is this something you guys would be interested in? And I played him a few joints and he liked what he heard. Um, he would call or, or text me to check in periodically. And it, it's an album that's been almost finished for like five years. You know, I was like 85. I had, you know, you like get 85% of the way there and then all right, it's time to go back to the drawing board. Now I'm 40% of the way there now, you know, and uh, the thing that really inspired me was the last time Woods was in town, we were kind of chopping it up about some of what he was working on. And then just something clicked into place for me after he left and I just finished like writing the album, finished recording it. Um, and uh, it's a very personal album. It's definitely very, like the, the writing is definitely very kind of like intricate and layered. It kind of has, you know, a, a couple of different, you know, suites or song cycles within it that refer to specific things, um, which makes it sound a lot deeper than it actually is. But yeah, I mean, I'm excited for it. It's got a... It's got Premrock on it. I got Alaska on it. I got Castro on it. Nice. And uh, I got one last feature on it that people can probably guess if it's coming out on Backwoods, but uh, hey. I do not want to say anything or jinx anything until the verse is recorded in, in my inbox. Smart. <laughs> so, Smart. Um, Fingers crossed. Yeah, man. there's like one last feature that I that's going to be something I'm really... Thank you. Thank you. It's something that I'm I'm really, really excited about. So. That's awesome, man. I appreciate you giving us kind of the heads up a little bit. So we'll, we'll be looking forward to that. But uh, we dress the city with our names uh, with August Fanon. It's coming out on June 4th. Um, the word on the street is there's like one vinyl left. So if you're hearing this, it's too late now. You should have got on the <laughs> Def C train. You missed that train. No, you didn't. 
uh, tap in, <laughs> definitely pick up this project. I'm excited about it. And yeah, we just want to thank you for coming on the program, man. It's been great to chop it up with you. Man, likewise, I hope we get a chance to do this again, gentlemen. And, and uh, I greatly appreciate what the three of you have contributed in authentic ways to hip hop. And thank you for, you know, also shaping my mind as a creator. I, you know, when I sit down and, and make some of this stuff, you guys are the kinds of people I want, I want for it to resonate with, you know? So, Yo, so. that means a lot, man. Thank you. Absolutely. No. And thank you for sharing your music and just, just being kind of like the online homie. And now we get to meet kind of face to face, uh, you know, face to face ish uh, mediated, but um, yeah, pleasure, man. Just appreciate you doing this. And we'll definitely be on the lookout for all, all this uh, future work. Bet when, uh, when the backwoods stuff is ready to go, I'll send it to y'all. Hell yes. Yeah. Please, hell yeah. Early, Please do. Early listen. All right. Yeah. Appreciate it. Take Have care, a good man. one, bro. No doubt. All right. You too. Peace. So we want to thank Def C for coming on the program and putting 10 Chicago rappers on his uh, Mount Rushmore, a very political answer there. Uh, but yeah, he's super cool. I'm, I'm super excited about the project with uh, August Fanone. I, I want to kick to you guys. What is your Chicago Mount Rushmore. As an outsider, obviously we cannot claim to be Chicago insiders, but <laughs> Nate LeBlanc, who if you had to pick four rappers from Chicago who are that city's uh, goats, who would they be for you? Uh, I'll definitely start with Common. Like uh, we, we joke around about Common quite a bit on the show. Common has uh, become more of a actor and a narrator uh, sure. this, or like the guy the Grammy calls when they need some gravitas totally. uh, about a serious subject but like I, I love Commons uh, you know second through fourth or fifth what it, like right. resurrection through B with Oof, some, sure. some curveballs in there um, but I, I respect it all I'm a huge resurrection guy like I've, I've gotten into not, not physical but like heated arguments about what <laughs> best common record is and I'm, i'll go for resurrection yeah. every time so that's easy for me um t tough as an mc but like you have to say as like a chicago hip-hop figure you cannot have this conversation without kanye yeah um for sure you know he's not like the, the, the nothing else needs to be said about kanye um i'll go um juice Ooh, freestyle ooh. legend juice um, that, that. that kind of yeah. rapping was really important to me discovering what i liked about rapping right like yeah. you guys have okay. you know we now have recorded hundreds of hours of me pontificating about what kind of rapping i like it's it's not like all uh literary illusions and uh <laughs> Sonnets you know and like such. yeah weaving weaving in of uh themes like sometimes you just like break someone down in a yeah. rap and Ju juice yeah. was a master of that it's a very confrontational style of truly off the head freestyling that i just respect 
the hell out of. Yeah. And then, um, gosh, I, I want to go with like a Tomorrow Kings kind of adjacent. So I'm going to go sketch 185. Okay. Um, wow. There are there are people whose work I know better from Chicago, but since I get to lead this off, uh, Sketch 185 is a rapper I'm really really interested in. I think he actually lives in New York now, but his work with Tomorrow Kings and some of his um, solo stuff is I I just think he's great. I think he's a he's a really 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 good MC. Someone I'm really interested in, and I want to always learn more about. Um, so yeah. I'll go there. Um, clearly there are some major figures left for you guys <laughs> <laughs> a couple a couple dave what is um your... you know i i'm gonna sort of um um skirt around some of nate's answers because uh you know obviously he picked some of the big ones but i would say common for me as well uh resurrection onward um rich man versus poor man is one of my favorite songs of all time um he samples the archie whitewater track Cross Country, which is also one of my favorite songs of all time. Um, if you if you haven't heard that, I, I advise you to okay. go check it out. So I would say Common for one. And my other three are just sort of like favorite picks. I mean, okay. obviously, I think, you know, Kanye is deserving of mention, but I'm going to go Psalm 1 from Chicago. Okay. Um, woman Rapper, uh, Death of the Frequent Flyer was produced by our boy Albert Jenkins. It was on Rhyme Sayers. And I really just like sort of her persona and like everything she projects um so that's that's two and then the two cool kids right <laughs> <laughs> well Dang. i was gonna say um on, sort of on the on the same tip of um just politically smart engaging womanhood i'm gonna go with no name as well i know def c mentioned her yeah. um, i'm a big fan i know she doesn't i mean in terms of her catalog it's not like she has a dense one to put her on that Mount Rushmore. But to me, she's sort of like, has transcended it. You know what I mean? She's like, a, she has a fucking book club dog, you know, like yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's on, it's on a next level. So yeah. I would say common Psalm one, no name. And for the last pick, I know he, I know he's LA, but he's also our leader. I got to go with open mic Eagle oh. who's, uh, originally from Chicago. Um, fucking good. He does so much so well that you forget that he's a fucking pure rapper he's such a great yeah. rapper and those yeah. those you know um his art rap stuff what are you gonna do so i'm gonna go with sort of a mixed bag for, oh, my, for my picks that, that are a little a bit pick they're a little bit left field um yeah. what about you damon should we give you a second to i mean now that you guys have taken everyone uh, <laughs> i think uh Two cool kids left yeah we got a couple <laughs> cool kids left he he's um, mikey he 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 <laughs> I love that record. Do not, I love that record. Do not take this joking. No, no, no. We, totally. We were we were in ribbing. Chicago while that record was just exploding and totally. Like, it, yeah. it soundtracked our trip, and I still totally. think about it. Anyways. Yeah, I had a whole summer like thinking I was in 1988 on a rooftop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Shit. Let's see. Um. I couldn't. I so the first two rappers I can't not do to to mimic. Uh. Nate would be common and kanye kanye the kanye triangle for obvious reasons um one rapper we haven't mentioned is uh twista who i mm. feel like when you're talking about fast rapping yeah um he's he's one of the pioneers a lot of people learn how to rap 
um, at the upper tempos from mimicking uh, what he mm-hmm. was doing. And I think he was one of those folks that show that you could do that style of rap, but also have perfect diction. And I think that's something that uh, Twista doesn't actually get enough credit for. People are like, he's, yeah, he's, he's a fast rapper. back to being underrated. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah, funny. It kind of totally. goes back and forth. Like initially right. he had some records where the only thing interesting about them was that he was rapping fast. Right. But then he eventually did get, um, you know, some, some better production and kind of got into a niche. And I feel like he's very influential um, in a lot of ways. Um, so a lot of records too. He had like that cool moment where it all kind of came together for him. That was awesome to see someone like that, who we had like, previously just respected and kind of were like in awe right. of being right. like oh you're on the radio and you sound dope like this is great. yeah because he, yeah. he was <laughs> ahead cool. right like yeah. he was he was definitely ahead in terms tongue of twister. Uh, yeah absolutely yeah the tickety tongue twister was uh definitely ahead of his time in terms of uh fast rapping and then i guess for my last one um just because it hasn't been mentioned here uh chief keef who is not someone okay. that yeah i listen to a I don't whole like- lot but yeah, he's the type of stuff that I kind of like. Um, but in terms of, again, influence, when I look at uh, what rap is today and right. kind of how, how folks posture themselves and the energy that, that a lot of, especially the young rappers are trying to bring forth, um, it's really Chief Keef to me and how he kind of embodied um, that style and that sound at that particular time. So Total game changer. Like it's yeah. kind of, it, I think Def C said it. It's like you, there's before him and after him. Right, and everything's right. completely different. He just gave a lane to people. Yeah. And I, what I really admire about him is like he got hugely famous off like kind of a viral sensation, tried a little bit of industry stuff, just decided it wasn't for him and now just like operates on like a purely underground YouTube dat piff level. And seems to be like just completely in command of his craft, still pushing everything forward, producing, rapping, and just like lives in his own world. It's like you could you you go visit Chief Keef. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And there it seems that there are some people in the city who that's like the you could live off of him and his crew and his the the different offshoots of people that he's put on and just like have a full listening experience. Yeah, man. I, I from what like, I hear, I don't listen to yeah. a lot of Chief Keith. Yeah, yeah, and we're yeah, we're not pretending to be huge fans, but I I do feel like um his influences is, is can't be questioned, and so just goes to show you how you know deep uh Chicago's talent pool is. You could go honorable mention Chance the Rapper. I know that could be right. that could be controversial. Def C made a very uh, poignant case for why mm-hmm. um he would be considered again when I think about how people rap today. Um, Mount Rushmore future candidate. Um, I'm really interested to see what Saba does. Um, mm-hmm. His next couple moves. I think he could be a rapper who uh, can transcend and capture a larger imagination. Just uh, real Chicago talent. Yeah, um, the only one we did mention that uh, Def C put on was DeBrat. And I think yeah. she's, she's really, yeah. really important. Just want to sure. acknowledge that yes. that was a really great pick. I think that was his lead off yeah pick, which was yeah. pretty cool wow. we we're like oh this is not gonna be like your yeah. normal mount rushmore this is awesome yeah he was diplomatic in his answers but they were all very well justified real real chicago dude uh we we really appreciate him coming on um that we dress the city with our names uh is should be out now by the time you hear this uh, we encourage you to to pick that up we are the dad bod rap pod perhaps if you're listening to us uh, in France, you might have seen us in the Dwick blog. 
Le blog, um, <laughs> as they say. Uh, pretty cool. I, I mean, of course, I can't uh, ascribe to have be a subscriber to the DeWick blog. But Nate, you have a Frenchie last name. I do. What what uh what was the general gist of what was you know um, so what Demona's talking about is there was kind of a hip hop uh hip hop and American uh roundup <laughs> of uh, different hip hop podcasts on this French blog called I think Dwick.net, uh like the Gangstar song, uh spelled the same way. Uh, Ludwig as we were uh, yes. joking earlier off mic so they they did a little write-up on us it was only like two or three sentences and it was basically describing the show how it is we do interviews with people we have kind of a more like uh, nuanced I believe they use the term eloquent which I don't want to self-ascribe mm, but I do mm, agree mm. with it's been uh, said in the press <laughs> people oh, are wow. saying that uh, <laughs> Le Blanc is eloquent uh, <laughs> Sonnets, sign sonnets. So, uh, and that we have a very active Twitter presence, and that we interact with the people in our community, which all of that is true, true. Uh, whether in France or the USA. So, um, it's just it's anytime anyone pays attention to the show, writes about us, it's super dope. Yeah. Um, we're not above retweeting praise. So, no. <laughs> if you follow us, <laughs> please. If somebody says something nice about us, is a good chance we're going to put it back on the timeline. But yeah, just. We, we super appreciate the people who listen. It's cool to see what company we find ourselves in. A lot of yeah. our friends' shows um, were also on the show. A lot of our fellow Stony Islanders found themselves on there. Crate 808. Like just, so just like the, the people who make up this like awesome, supportive, independent hip-hop podcast community of which I right. very much consider us you know, part of the scene. So that, it was super cool. Really, really cool to see. Uh, not uh, not very often that I have to Google Translate something about myself. I'm uh, just saying. Um, I I did get written up once in I think a Taiwanese newspaper. They it was for, it was an article for my day job about food halls, and I had to like I was I was cleaning out my phone the other day, and you know how you have all those screenshots, right? And I came across this one, and I was like, what was this one? So it's like one screenshot is the characters, and then the next one is the google translate i just wanted to keep uh, it for a while okay. and deleting it because who cares but it was pretty funny i was like ah oh, that what a time that was i was mm, quoted yeah, in the taiwanese press about food halls uh crazy yeah what are you gonna do and somehow you kick it with us still we we appreciate <laughs> that um and and uh speaking of kind of uh you know notoriety we were mentioned in an actual rap song which is uh, pretty damn cool, actually, as a rap. Totally. Podcast. Just totally. not something I ever thought would happen. Totally. Totally. Shout out. Shout out to Alaska for sure. Yeah. So uh, Alaska uh, rapper from uh, Adam's family. You you heard him on uh, our call out culture mashups that we've done. Uh, has a new rap song called The Moose uh, in which he name checks Nate, Dave and Damone, which, uh, you know, I'm not I'm not mad. I've been a rapper for a long time and nobody name checked me before the podcast. <laughs> so not even negatively. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's always the dream that you actually get dissed. That's our next step. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, I'm very proud of this. But when Alaska disses us, that will be the high. No, please don't diss us, Alaska. We appreciate <laughs> we appreciate being mentioned and being kind of a ref, you know, a reference yeah, point. That's super yeah, that's cool. Um, that is from Steel's Kitchen, which is a crew album from the Wrecking Crew. 
Yes. Um, Zilla Rocca, one of our first ever guests and one of our most yep. frequent guests. Uh, Curly Castro, uh, Prem Rock, uh, Small Professor, who has been such an important contributor to the show, yes. mostly unwittingly Pro. by letting me use his beats on shows a lot and just like one of our favorite uh, hip hop characters and producers. And I'm sure I'm leaving some people out. Alaska, obviously, thank you very much. We just did a big cross crossover episode with them that's on their feed. Yes. Um, which was like our uh, family feud culture. episode hosted by uh, Open Steve Harvey. Yeah. <laughs> um, nice. It was really, really fun. People are saying it is not incomprehensible gibberish that it was actually okay. funny. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm good. Getting, some, getting some good feedback on that. I just I was just like, this is all just going to be crosstalk. And we're all just going to be yelling for like two hours, but apparently it works for ESPN. <laughs> like, <we> can... <laughs> so yeah, that was super fun to do. Uh, shout out to Call Out Culture. Shout out to Alaska uh, for for name checking us. Um, you know, who knows? We might we might end up getting uh, chopped up and put on a rap record with our podcast banter at some point in the future. Uh, if you haven't done so already, I would highly suggest that you buy a mug. When you buy a mug, you ensure that a dad bod can continue podcasting uh, into the future. We still got some mugs left. Um, Nate, how many mugs do your friends and family have at this point? Ooh, quite a few. Uh, yeah. I, I love going to people's houses and like, <laughs> yeah. I gave that to you. Totally. I, I, I bought quite a few when they came out and kind of distributed them. I have a few behind me, actually. Um, I have a friend that is nomadic. And I'm waiting for him to settle down before I send him a mug. Um, so one is for him. And then I have kind of a Lucy that I just want to like, I knew I would like need it at some point. So I'll sure. just like give it to someone, but I'm, I'm kind of ready to re up myself and just give, give a few more away. But you know, the mug was kind of a left field choice for us for our first official merch. Now that we're uh, big podcasters on a network, uh, it, we have the very, very limited uh, shirts that yes. Dave designed that we uh, we did when we were we were just babies in the game when we did everything by hand ourselves. Um, right. We are considering still another shirt, uh, but mm -hmm. I think the mug is cool. It's useful. Um, it's and like, it's never coming back. Once we're done with these back. mugs, these are the end <laughs> of the mugs, y'all. Y'all like that limited edition shit. This is what we got for you. Get them while they're hot. Uh, Dad bod rap pod mugs. We appreciate all the all the praise, all of the, uh, you know, engagement that we get on our social media platforms. You can check us out at dad bod rap pod on Twitter at dad bod rap pod on Instagram. We drop new episodes every Wednesday night at 1159, apparently. 1201 exactly. Thursday, but 1201 12, Thursday. Uh, Pacific time. I don't know where that's that's in different times for different people. If you are in Bali, that is 9 a.m. on Monday. But still, <laughs> you can get them every week because we are the Dad Bod Rap Pod. Dad Bod Rap Pod.